Now, this time of year, we tend to get very existential, don't we? And if you've been dreaming of changing your life or your job or making a big life gear shift, well, listen to this. Sinead Colopy swapped social work for screenwriting. And she joins me now from the Limerick studio to tell us more. Good morning, Sinead. Good morning, Shay. How are you? I'm very good. Happy New Year to you. Well, Happy New Year to you. Did you have a lovely Christmas? It was lovely. Yeah, really nice. Loads of kids. I have three three small kids. So, uh-huh. you know, they, they make it, don't they? They do. How old are they? They are 11, 9 and 6. And are you allowed to give them a shout out on the radio? or? Yeah, they'll be at home listening. So Callum, Evan and Saoirse, back in Ennis. Hello. Yeah, and they, do you know what they're doing at the moment? They're tidying the house. <laughs> Oh, they're, doing, they're doing cleaning. I wish, eh? I wish. <laughs> and, and, and Santa came? Santa came. It was very good this year. Uh, but they were very good, so they deserved everything they got. So, yeah. Oh, wow. You're like a PR person for your own children. <laughs> I like it. You can tell me the truth when we go off here. <laughs> yeah, they kill me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning, guys. And I know you'll have the house nice and clean for Mammy when, when she gets home. Uh, give us a quick snapshot of, of your old life before we talk about your new life. Yeah, gosh, I suppose... Um, you know, my qualifications, I suppose, is where it already started. I uh, went to the University of Limerick, studied history, politics and sociology, was really interested in the, the sociology side of things. Um, and that sort of led me down a path to sort of uh, do a master's in Galway in community work. So I was really interested in working with communities and community development and especially working with kids and young people. Um, So I finished up in Galway in 2003 and I went straight into what was then the Southern Health Board down in Cork um, as a community health worker. Um, And I started there in the north side of Cork City, um, a wonderful community called Nochnahini. And I spent a number of years there doing various different kind of youth community health projects, uh, working on the ground with communities, kind of building various different uh, projects there with kids around mental health or maybe education or working with the elderly. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, And then moved over to the Child and Family Agency, which was then the Midwestern Health Board, actually, um, in Limerick. And I, I moved up there to... County Clare um, and started working there alongside my social work colleagues um, kind of building kind of community projects again focusing primarily on, on children and young people and family support and, and maybe kids in care or, or, or maybe youth mental health again or you know helping kids stay in school so it was always kind of the youth focus but uh, I suppose I've been a public servant for 20 years from 2003 right up to 2023 and uh, always worked for the state agency and now Midwestern Health Board then turned into Tusla and, and I stayed on board there with my social work colleagues in Tusla um, and and that's kind of really what my bread and butter was really for, for 20 years. You picked a, a difficult I mean I know there's, there's there's great moments in it when you a project is a success or you see a young person coming through and then you meet them in a few years and they've their life is, has been better because they've been involved in one of the projects but you've seen some, you see some difficult things as well. Oh just you know I, I think you know over the years it, I think it's it's just become really, really challenging for families out there. I think it's become really challenging for young people. I mean, when I was growing up, there was no mobile phones, there was no social media. You didn't have the, the type of pressures that young people and, and kids have now. And, you know, you know, I work in, in County Clare, which is a rural county, and you sometimes look at different services that families and kids might have if you're in Dublin compared to, say, if you're living out in West Clare. And it's it's really hard when the needs on the ground are so huge and, and sometimes the resources, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, 
they need to go where the populations are as well. But, you know, you often be advocating and fighting for services out in rural areas because they have needs and needs need to be met. And then we had big crisis. You know, we, we had the Ukrainian refugees coming to Ireland. Uh, that was a huge turning point for us inside in Tusla, huge pressure on the service. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of firefighting an awful lot, but um, but it was very worthwhile. It's it's a very rewarding career and and I love every minute of it. You, you can find yourself on a treadmill though, of work and then coming home and then when you have a young family and trying to get get that. You need a hobby of some sort. And what, what was your choice of hobby? Yeah, it, it really was. That's the word for it, Che. It, w- it was a hobby, I suppose. I was turning 40 and I guess, you know, my career is is very much about thinking about other people, thinking about other children and, and thinking about communities and kind of giving all the time. And then my kids are very young. I have three very small kids, so you're giving a lot to them. And you sort of kind of feel like, God, you know, what's, what's there for me, for myself? And what did I really enjoy doing that was just mine? And, um, and I remember just thinking back to when I was a teenager and I, I loved writing. I was really, really good at English in school. It was, it was useless at maths, useless at science. <laughs> it was just, you know, one of those typical people that, you know, you're good at one thing, but not so good at the other. But English was my thing. And I, I remember pulling out a book of old essays that I wrote as a teenager and I was seeing my teacher's comments on the essay saying, oh, you're really good and you've got great imagination. So then I started thinking, God, you know, I'm turning 40, I, you know, might set myself a little challenge. I wonder, can I write stories again? And it was just literally for myself. The, the idea was never to show to anybody else. It was just something for myself to do in my spare time. Um, and then I sort of started watching movies and saying, God, I wonder how you write screenplays. I mean, you know, I wonder, is it very different to short stories? And of course, it's completely different. Um, so, yeah, I sort of picked it up and, and Googled and, and bought a couple of books and started reading That's screenplays. It, it was, yeah, it was literally just, just an interest. It was just a curiosity. It, it really started out as a curiosity as to, can I do this? What I used to do 25 years ago, can, do I still have that spark? Do I still have that imagination? Um, something to do for myself in the evenings when the kids were in bed that was literally just for me I, I, I noticed you, you said Vera Wang made her first wedding dress at 40 yeah so 40 is not a bad place to start well I think you know when you're in your 40s like you have a life experience behind you you know I mean I had been working all those years working with, with really interesting people and, and, and fascinating communities and you've seen the world a bit and I suppose it's a time that you kind of reflect back you, you know I'm a mum now so your perspective is slightly different so we have different stories to tell in our 40s compared to when you're a teenager or in your 20s you know you have that life experience behind you good and bad and I think that's what kind of makes writers in their 40s really creative because we, we bring that wealth of, of worldliness with us, you know. So you, you, you bought the books, you, you downloaded the software. Downloaded, there's free software. Um, you know, it's not very good, but it's fine for, for the basics. It gets you started and uh, just started fiddling around. And, and then the BBC Writers Room, their website is really, really good. They've got a script library. So, you know, you can be watching Peaky Blinders, you can be watching whatever shows you want that BBC have made and you can go into their script library and you can find the screenplays to the whole series. So yeah, so so you can, it's an an amazing free resource. It's really good. And so I started reading the screenplays and it's amazing to see, you know, I was like, God, it's not very different to, you know, the plays we'd have read in school. So like, you know, the the format and the structure to, I studied King Lear for my leaving cert. So I was like, God, it's quite similar. You know, the structure looks similar. Um, So I was like, God, maybe it's not that intimidating. So I started fiddling around and coming up with little stories myself, but still had no intention of ever showing anybody because I was like, God, you'd be a bit embarrassed and you'd be like, you know, it's like people would think you've notions. The Irish are great for saying, oh, you've got notions of yourself. Who do you think you're going to be? Do you think you're going to Hollywood? And I was like, oh, I'd be really embarrassed to show this. Um, and then I, it was just like one one short film, uh, a little short screenplay. I connected in with two producers in Limerick and I showed it to them and we got a small little fund and, and the short film Paddy got made. 
And uh, and that was kind of really the start of it, really. It was like somebody else saw something else I wrote and they said, God, you know, it's it's not perfect. It's a bit of a rough diamond. You, you, you haven't a clue about structure, but, but you certainly have a story in there somewhere. Um, and that kind of spark of encouragement, I suppose, just kind of was like a ripple effect, really. So you, so collaboration was the key, really. You, you, you found the confidence to bring out the old essays and think, actually, I can do this. But the collaboration is what brought you out of the sitting room or out of the out of the, the dining room and the, the laptop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many writers that you're you're just literally, you know, at your kitchen table or wherever you have the space and, and you're just writing for yourself. And, and if you do that, it'll only be a memoir. It'll be a diary. It'll never go anywhere else. Um, but I had no connections in the screen industry, like, absolutely nobody it's you know a lot of people get into the screen industry because they have been in theatre or they've been actors or they've been in production so they they kind of started out there and then they moved into writing at a certain point and how did you find the two people in Limerick that you collaborated with um, it was actually a Limerick woman called Susan Liddy who um, she works in the University of Limerick and she's uh, very involved in in women in film and um, I had come across some of her articles and I emailed her and I said hi Susan I says I'm a woman living in Clare I'm really interested in you know making some connections in the industry how do I you know would you know anybody in the Midwest area and it was actually Susan who put me in touch um, so it's just you know it's finding those people that are advocates for for new entries and and that will take a chance on on sending you on a certain path and they're they're instrumental you know people like Susan they're instrumental and people want new stories and they want new writers and they want like people are out there waiting for stuff to come uh, <laughs> So they're happy to hear hear from you. Yeah, I think, in, I mean, especially the fact that I'm in Ireland, I've often said this, I think if I started my career in the UK, it would be, a, you know, at my age with no connections, it would be a different story. I think um, it's, I'm really, really lucky to be in this country trying to break in in my 40s into the industry. Um, it's a small country, people know each other. Um, producers are generally really open, um, whereas over the UK or in America, they won't accept any scripts from screenwriters. You, know, you often see on their websites no unsolicited scripts, which means that you have to have an agent. They'll only deal with your agent. And, and so many writers spend years before they're able to get an agent. So it's very closed over there. Whereas in Ireland, you know, Screen Ireland are amazing. They, they offer a huge amount of different events, meet and greets for writers and producers, and they kind of match make you up on various different schemes. So the Irish industry, it's very different. It's very open. And um, yeah, it's been a godsend for me, really. Well, Organisations like Screen Ireland. Then you, 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 well, I was going to say the BBC came calling, but you came calling to the BBC. Yeah, 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 I did, yeah. That was during COVID, I suppose. That was really challenging, I suppose. You know, you were, were I was working for Tuesla still full time. It was really, really stressful, like everybody in the country. I had three kids at home, homeschooling, working off the kitchen table. It was, pressure was on. And uh, BBC Writers Room put out a call for, um, uh, short short stories that could be made during lockdown. Um, so it was, you know, minimum script, you know, so you just had maybe two characters, one location. Um, but so they wanted to make content during lockdown. And um, I wrote, I literally wrote it, I think it was in three days. I think I stayed up, I did maybe pulled two all-nighters and wrote a story called Salvation Calling and um, just emailed it off to BBC Writers Room, thought nothing of it. I said, oh, there'll be thousands in for this. But sure, look, if you don't put it in, you don't know, you know. So I just sent it in and... Uh, yeah, there were 7,000 submissions and um, they made, I think they made 12 wow. in the end, yeah, and Salvation Calling. So um, there was um, Patrick McElhenney was um, 
no, Ian McElhenney, sorry, got the name wrong. Ian McElhenney, who's in Games Thrones and Derry Girls, the granddad from Derry Girls, he he was the lead in it in, in Salvation Calling and they, they they made it, they produced it, they broadcast wow. it. And that was massive. It was huge. And I suppose that was again, it's just another boost. It's just another, I suppose. What's what's it like? I know Paddy was your first uh, production that yeah. made it to screen. What's it like to see your screenplay on screen for the first time? It's it's bizarre. It's bizarre, you know, when you when you're watching the actors say the words that you came up with, you know, and um you're like, God, is this real? You know, because you've seen it on paper for so long and, and so many writers only ever get to the paper stage, you know, and you're, the dream is to have it on a screen. Um, but it's incredibly hard. And, you know, your years, I mean, people don't understand, you know, when people say, oh, what are you doing? What are you working on? And you say, oh, I'm working on all these different scripts, but it could be years. I mean, so, some scripts stay 10, 15 years before they ever get to a screen. So you, you can't have any illusions that you write something and it's going to be made in 12 months or two years. Like, you know, that's very often never the case. Um, and will you only work on on your own stories, or would you work on other existing series? Or oh, abs- oh, absolutely existing series. Like I, I've written an episode for Smother. Oh yes, which was a real privilege because that was made in in Lahinch, and and I'm living in Clare. I'm a Limerick woman, but living in Clare, so so that was fabulous. That was with Treasure Entertainment. Really enjoyed that in a writer's room. It was room. A great series. Yeah. It was fabulous. So it was the last series as well. Um, so it was a real privilege, real honour to be asked to work on Smother. Um, and then most recently, I worked on um, Hidden Assets, which again was uh, a great season two. So I wrote an episode for that, which oh, right. was which was great because again it was shot in Limerick and Clare. Um, well, so it's, there was it's a big international production. It's a, a big international production. It's a, a Belgian Irish co-production so and it went to Australia it went international as did some others so you know there were writers rooms so they were really you know working with other writers and working with the lead writers um, on those on those projects so I was one of a team um, and that was great fun and it was great learning um, but you know there are other people's ideas there are other people's babies you're coming in and you, you have to kind of you know fit into the style of writing because obviously you know all the episodes have to kind of run similar style um, but, it, but I mean it was a huge learning curve to write on a show that's in production and the pace of it and how fast you have to turn it around because there's production deadlines that need to yeah. be made. So, um, and then my own my own show then every five miles got um, made by the RTE Storyland scheme. So that aired November last year. Um, and that what, was can I ask what was that about? Yeah, that was about human trafficking. So it was a, a fictional drama, sort of again, I suppose, inspired by my own work in in community work going back a number of years ago, where I met a young lad in um, in a car wash who subsequently afterwards turned out to be, uh, you know, what we call modern day slave. Um, but I didn't know at the time. And uh, it just really, I suppose I like writing, you know, somebody says, you know, f- find out the things that nobody's talking about and write about those. So I was like, you know, I don't really see this on screen about this world around modern day slavery and human trafficking, but I know it's everywhere. It's every five miles, the research tells us. Um, so I wrote a story about a boy who was trapped in a car wash in rural Ireland and uh, the relationship that he develops with um, with this young girl in the petrol station and how he's trying to, to get free and how she tries to help him. Um, so that was, again, it was worked with a mm. wonderful company called Vico, Vico Films, who make young offenders and, you know, worked really closely with our our director as well um, and that was picked up by Storyland and they made a number of those last year and just Storyland again uh, in 2023 we were the 2022 batch but that again you know the dream then is to kind of make every five miles as a full series yeah, so well, that was only a pilot it was only you know a half hour but the dream now again is to you know and Screen Ireland are supporting us we, in that we, dream Can people go and see that somewhere? It's on, the or, or, it's on the RT player So there you go RT player every, yeah, every five months every There five must months. come a point though and again um, trying to and I say this for husbands, wives, partners, males, females, whoever, trying to wrangle a family and a full-time job and then this other job 
yeah. There yeah, has to become a point where you say one has to give. Or, or yeah. I, well, financially, one give as well. So you've got, there's a lot of yeah. considerations. Yeah, of course. Of course, there is. And I mean, you know, the hours I was pulling down was was ridiculous, really, when I think back on what I was trying to do. You know, you know, my two-star job, very rewarding, but, but you know, you give an awful lot to that. Um, so that was your nine to five, Monday to Friday. Then you have the kids and, and, you know, they're busy kids. They've got their lives. They've got their after-school activities. They've got their homework. And then, you know, my writing schedule was sometimes it'd be, you know, when the kids were in bed. So you'd be looking at nine o'clock at night. You'd be writing maybe until one or two in the morning. Then you'd be going to sleep for a couple of hours, getting up, starting it again. Um, it was crazy. Um, but you only do it because you love it. I mean, you would never do that unless you were slightly obsessed with it. And so when did the big moment come? The big moment, I suppose, came, you know, you, you sort of, you have to kind of test the industry first. So I was kind of doing this for about four, about four years. And I was kind of doing it on the side, you know, in my spare time, taking extra holidays from Tusla to write. And then I think really it was COVID lockdown. And I think it was, you know, a lot of the Ukrainian prices and the pressures in work. I was just, just really exhausted. Um, so February last year, February 2023. Um, I have a, a wonderful boss. Um, I have to give him a call out, Mr. Mick Parry. <laughs> He's very understanding. Um, a wonderful boss who knew this was my passion. And I went to Mick and I just said, look, I just have this dream. I I really need to give it my all or else I'll never know. And he was cr- incredibly supportive. And he said, look, you've been, a, you've given such a great service wow. to the public service for 20 years. So I applied for um, a sabbatical from, from Tusla. And I said, like, you know, I'll never know if I don't try. Um, so he said, off you go. You have our blessings. So, so, um, this has yeah. been an incredible story of positivity, but there, you do get some no's in your life in, the, you get, in being a writer. Oh my God, it's you have to. It's like how you do hard well. You know, you have to be able to do hard extremely well. You have to have resilience, resilience. <laughs> resilience that old word, bounce back ability. You have to be a boomerang. Um, you know, there's it's like eighty five percent rejection. I mean, you know, in anybody in the creative industries, you know, if you're if you're a novelist or a screenwriter or a musician it's the constant nose and it's just that it's just not for them or the industry doesn't want historical drama at the moment it's very hard sell so you know you've got a historical project that's not going to sell so it's constant nose and, and you have to work what's your what's your work day like now before it was maybe dropping people here and dropping people there and what's your day like now yeah I mean it's before it was very much meetings 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 I was you know maybe leading up a, a meeting of 15 to 20 people um constantly throughout the day whereas now it's it's solitary which is a very strange change for me so you know the kids go to school nine o'clock I'm, I'm on my desk at ten past nine but you'll have to be on to LA like at 3am I need to be to LA <laughs> There's very few LA calls, but um, <laughs> they're coming. That they're coming. No, there's there's a few, but the time the time difference actually suits me. Um, I'm I'm writing a project at the moment with a, a co-writer in Australia, and the time difference really suits me because the kids are in bed, and I'm used to kind of writing at night now. So you know, she gets up in the morning, and it's you know midnight in Ireland. So I'm fine, and, and, and so our days and the same with LA that the night daytime kind of suits me because the kids are asleep, so I'm not disturbing them. Um, but yeah, you have to be you have to be religious. You have to be very, very disciplined. Um, and it's I can job. see myself eating and watching telly. You know, I just, I just set my laptop up and I'll line up my pens and I'll get this ready and then I'll just watch a bit of this morning. Yeah, and and you know, it is that thing of, you know, your your brain just 
becomes frazzled and sometimes you have to step away from it because the story just isn't working and you say, right, I'll take the dog for a walk or, or I'll yeah. step outside for a few minutes. You have to do that because it's you don't have a team around you that you can bounce ideas off of. It is a very solitary profession. You're on your own and sometimes you feel like the voice in your head, you're going a little bit crazy. Um, and you're like, am I, am I doing this right? Am I not doing this right? Well, can I say you're doing something right with all those some, things that have made it to the screen? Something's what, happening, yeah. What's 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 happening tomorrow, next week, next month, next year? What's on the slate? Yeah, 2024 is really exciting. So um, I, I was a big avid reader as a child, loved books. So I was always kind of waiting for an adaptation. Um, so there's two adaptations, book to screen, TV adaptations I'm attached to, which I'm really excited to get stuck into in 2024. Um, again, working on every five miles, we've got some development money there from Screen Art Ireland to help write the pilot episode for the series. So that's that's another thing there that's happening. Um, and then also I'm doing um, a, a co-job with um, another writer in Australia um, called Riley Ridge, which is an Irish-Australian family drama story. So we're hoping to bring that to market. And there's also a psychological thriller called The Devil You Know. So you have to, but you know, you, I'm have, exhausted. To, you have to juggle them all because <laughs> now you do it. it's the nature of the work. It's, you know, only one of them might ever make it or none of them might make it. So you can't just write a screenplay and say, I'm just going to sit back on my laurels now and someone's going to come and give me the money to make this. You know, the chances are so slim that you have to have multiple projects lined up because you're just hoping that one of them hits that bullseye. Um, and and that's what most writers are working across a multiple of projects. Wow. Well, Sinead, thank you for sharing your story with us this morning and I'll be looking out for you on the red carpet now. Oh, I don't know. Writers rarely get in the red carpet shade. That's the actors. We're behind the screen, which is fine for me. <laughs> uh, uh, someone said you're also writing a series called Dog Stars for children. It's yeah, dog star. It's not for children, but it's a kind of a coming of age story ah. about about a little boy who's kind of you know trying to find himself, and it's a, an identity story called Dog Star. So it's you know follow the the star in the sky, but it's lovely. It's it's a beautiful beautiful story. So yeah, that's a feature film that I'm writing at the moment. And, yeah. You know, talking about glamour and TV and and thing. Before I came out this morning, I made sure I took the mints out of the freezer to make the pasta later. <laughs> that's that's the that's the reality. <laughs> there is no glamour in this. You know, the, my days could be sitting in my pajamas with no makeup on and. That's and, and you're typing at the Me computer, too. you know, there, there is no glamour. It's, um, but it's, it's very rewarding. It's, you know, if, if you're a creative, it's, it's a wonderful industry to be in, but it's, it's hard work. Yeah. Sinead, thanks so much. Sinead Callum. Okay, thanks a lot, From Shay. our Limerick studio. Happy New Year to you, Sinead. Happy New Year, Shay.